Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. All right, what's up, everybody? Friendly Bounce Podcast, Episode 6, uh, Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Process and Basketball Network. We're going to hand out some WNBA awards today. Uh, we got Zach, as always, Zachary Bennett, my guy, and a special guest making his debut appearance on the podcast, Mr. Joshua Zavadil. How's it going, Josh? Going well. I love to make pod- podcast debuts. So Josh works for the WNBA uh, in the digital department, correct? That is correct. I am a digital WNBA employee. Big time. This is a very professional show. So, <laughs> so uh, one of go ahead, Zach. Uh, we are one of few WNBA podcasts. This is true. Yeah. Um, so the plan, the plan uh, for this show is we're going to hand, hand out some Friendly Bounce Awards. Uh, Josh is not making any picks. Um, he has to stay objective as a WNBA employee. Uh, but me and Zach are going to battle it out on some of these awards. We'll, we'll agree on some of them, I believe. Um, and Josh will kind of facilitate the discussion, uh, give us a little more information and yeah, that's how it's gonna go. So, I think we're gonna start out with. Let's start out with rookie of the year. Okay, rookie of the year. Um, well, I guess the top line candidates, obviously, uh, are Jewel Lloyd out west, the number one overall pick, um, in uh, this past draft. Uh, she's played well. She kind of came on late. Took her a little while to get her her uh, feet underneath her out west. She's really uh, began to grasp what Jenny Busek is uh, wanting to do with her system out there in Seattle. Um, and then there's Natalie Achamwa, who is in her first season. She was drafted last year by the Fever and was uh, had to sit out because of an ACL injury. So she's a rookie this year. And she's missed a little bit of time uh, working with the Canadian national team in the Pan Am Games and other uh, tournaments. But she's uh, been very uh, serviceable for them in the front court um, and has played very, uh, very effectively for them. And, uh, Coach White has, has spoken very highly of, of what she's been able to do in her first season in the league. And then you have uh, Kia Stokes at the New York Liberty Center that was drafted, played at UConn, uh, won all those championships. And on draft night, uh, people were kind of wondering whether she was going to be able to translate uh, to the WNBA. We knew she had great defensive acumen, but was she going to be able to score at the next level? And the Liberty traded into the first round and ended up getting two first-round picks and took Brittany Boyd and then selected Kia Stokes. And uh, she has just been phenomenal for them. Um, I've been able to see her a lot more firsthand just because I'm up here in the New York area. Um, but she just has such a phenomenal ability uh, to 
um, impact shots, um, even if she's not getting blocks. Um, she gets her hand in the way, and uh, she's just really good. Um, defensively, it's always where she needs to be in the rotations in this defensive system that Bill Lambeer has really tried to uh, implement and uh, upgrade in now his third year there, and she's been able to score some. So I think the top three candidates are, are right there, but there's plenty of others. Brittany Boyd was playing well for the Liberty before she went down with an injury. Um, recently had a wrist injury, and she'll be out for five to six weeks. Um, and then there's the, the surprise candidate, Romo, Ramu uh, Tokashki, out west for Seattle. Uh, came over, she won the, the MVP three times uh, in the Japanese league and has come over and has been very impactful for a Seattle team that's going to gonna make waves in the future. So in terms of that, what do you guys think? You guys have also been watching the league. Yeah, so as, as you can tell, Josh knows a little bit more about it than us. <laughs> having Josh around for this is like having an open note test. It's fantastic. All right. But I will, I will concede to Jack's answer first while I process some of that information and come up with a decent <laughs> argument. I have, I have Kia Stokes. I think that I mean, she's, she's averaging nearly a double-double. And the Liberty, playing big minutes for the Liberty, who have our first place, just won the East, just clinched the top record in the East, um, and are about to, I don't know if they have clinched the best record overall, but are close to it, and she's playing big minutes for them, and I think that goes a long way. They were close to entering the weekend, if they had won both of their games, they would have uh, clinched because they played Minnesota, but they dropped the game. Uh, beginning of the weekend so I think their magic number is probably around one okay there you go um, well they did they didn't drop the game to Minnesota I was there I saw it <laughs> and I saw how good the defense was and I know how, how much she factors into that um, I like I like the way Jewel Lloyd has played lately she scored double figures in eight of her last ten and she has to play of course with the pressure of being the number one pick I, I like the the fact that she's coming on late, and I think she could only get better before in the few games before the season ends. I know Seattle plays the Lynx twice, and, and maybe she has two fantastic games, and and then I think it'd be hard to take it away from her. But you, you could go either way. Yeah. I yeah. think the thing we've seen with Jewel Lloyd is she entered this season, obviously, with the opportunity to learn from one of the best point guards to play in WNBA, Sue Bird. And I think we've seen as the season has gone on, these little things that she's been able, I mean, she's adjusted to the speed of the game, but she's also been able to pick up on these things that Bird has been throwing her way. Um, because she mentioned at the beginning of the year that she, that was a big point for her. She wanted to just come in as a sponge and just take in everything Sue uh, was able to, to, every information that she could glean um, from her. And I think we've seen that translate on the court, especially in the second half of the year. She, she had that one game not too long ago where she went to the free throw line like 14, 15 times, something like that. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah, she's really... And, and, she, and she made them all. Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, she gained a reputation for that at Notre Dame. And like I said, it's just taken her a little bit of time to you know, um, carry that over to the W. All right. So, Rookie of the Year... Is in the books. Yeah, I think I think we both get to distribute an award, so I think they both win. Is that how this works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they each get they each get a participation rookie of the year trophy. 
There are no losers. <laughs> um, all right, so rookie of the year. There, there we go for that. Uh, let's let's move on to most valuable player, the MVP. We had the the real MVP discussion um, a few days ago, but this is this is most valuable player. Um, the, fr- the, fr- the friendly board, the friendly bounces first. <laughs> most valuable player. Well, there's a there's a there's a lot of ways you could go here. I mean, you have Showtime Shoni Schimmel, who has, again she has come on late, uh, kind of uh, working her way back into the Atlanta rotation in the, the latter half of the season, and still uh, alive in the playoffs. Her fair share of highlight plays, and then you have Dewana Bonner, who has had some incredible buzzer beaters out west for Phoenix. Um, Raquana Williams has uh, had her fair share of uh, crazy shots, and she's a volume scorer um, for Tulsa. Um, and there's uh, Alex Bentley as well for Connecticut, and she's had some some incredible plays. Um, and then you have the league's best players, and Maya Moore and and Elena Deladon, who have also dazzled um, plenty of times. So I think there's a ton of different ways you can go with the most vulnerable player in the league. You didn't even talk about Brittany Griner yet, did you? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> it was a it was a hard one to choose. Um, I went with Shoni Shimmel though because. You have to. Yep. Same. I, mean, I and it's sort of hypocritical because I spend most of my time making gifs of what Maya and the rest of the links do, and I can for sure say I've done that with Maya more than anybody. So hold on, hold on. Do you call it, it, looks... it a gif? Huh? You're, you're a J. You're a gif pronouncer. Is that? Did I? Am I? Am I illiterate? Am I cold? No, I, I do that. It's it's gif. No, it's gif. It's not. What is it, Jack? Jack, it's you GIF. Tell me, right? It's GIF. The creator of the GIF said it was GIF. Yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> wow. I don't want to turn this into a conversation about <laughs> peanut butter, but it could go down that road. I, I, I went with Shoney, man. Shoney just does too, so many awesome things with the ball. Uh, she did it in the All-Star game, too. I just can't not give it to her. It's, yeah, that's, that's who I'm going with. I went. I went with her as well. Um, we'll talk about it. Talk about her later. But I mean, she's had ridiculous no look passes, um, celebrating shots before they go in, uh, crazy threes, like shooting shooting from like twenty eight feet or however far exactly. But yeah, I mean, she's there's a reason they call her Showtime. And she, yeah, she's never afraid to improvise, even when it works. Even when it doesn't work, it looks it's you know I'm. I'm cool with it. I'm glad she does what she yeah. does. Yeah. She's, she's not even had her best year by any stretch, and she still put up. I mean, I can think of at least like a dozen, a dozen plays just off this season, and she hasn't even really played as much as usual. It's pretty incredible what she does. Um, What's the next? All right, so we're, we're good on vulnerable players, so... Shoney, our girl, still alive in the playoff race. Big win over the Mystics on Sunday. That that's right. Um, yeah, there's three three back with three to play, and and one game versus the Mystics next Sunday. Could be a a winner take all playoff matchup. And what happened? What's happened to Washington? What's what's going on there? Haven't they? They battled a few. They battled some injuries, um, but. Uh, they've been there. It feels like to me the second half of their schedule has just been brutal. Um, with the 
competition. They've had some Western Conference road trips, and obviously the Western Conference is people. It's kind of like in the NBA, the Western Conference has kind of been regarded as the, the stronger conference. You've got Phoenix, you've got Tulsa, who's playing well now, six six wins there in a row, and you've got uh, the Lynx at the top of the league or at the top of the West and uh, competing for the best record in the league. And I think that if I remember correctly. Uh, the second half of their schedules has just been really brutal, but they've been, yeah. I mean, they've been getting a lot of, you know, the consistent contributions from their all-stars, Emma Meesman and Stephanie Dolson. So it's not like too much has really slacked off for them. Jack and I have been wrong about the conference thing all along. <laughs> it turns out we've been big on that. We've been big on the East. We've been talking them up and, and then well, here, you, here you come to tear us down. No, no, you guys are wrong. We've, I mean, I've had conversations with people. I mean, this really, I believe, has kind of been the year where the East has kind of made it a tough conversation um, because the Liberty are playing well in that. They hadn't done that for three years. Um, the Sky are playing well again. The Mystics are always kind of right there in the mix of things, but um, there's a difference between playing well and being, uh, being a, a good team, a great team. Um, the Fever... Are playing well and they had their big streak, so they've definitely made the made it a, a hard conversation. Word, so we're not we're not crazy, everybody. You hear that? We, we kind of know we're what we're talking not, about. We're at least not wrong. <laughs> All right, so best buzzer beater. Um, obviously, we haven't. Neither of us have watched the league. Neither me or Zach have have watched the league as much in the past, but. Am I wrong in that there seems to have been a ridiculous amount of, if not buzzer beaters, at least like last second shots this year? I mean, I can think of so yeah. many. Like, yeah, there's been plenty. I mean, Angel McCultry kind of set the stage early in the season. She had the one in the first weekend of the year, um, and then it's just been on from there. Dewana Bonner, I think, has had two. Uh, um, I think Alex Bentley has one. Uh, Raquana Williams has one. Kelsey Bone hit a game-winning layup uh, just a couple nights ago this weekend. Um, quickly had um, Elena Deladon had one in the waning moments of an overtime game. Um, so, yeah, there's been a, a plenty for a 34-game season. Yeah. Um, the, Zach, the links, you, you the, want to start, Zach? Links, yeah, I guess. Um, this isn't my answer, but I know to build on to Josh's point, the Lynx had two in one game, but they were just to end the quarters. They weren't to end. They weren't significant buzzer beating shots, I guess. But I went with Duana Bonners back on August fifth. Her step, her step back three uh, to beat Tulsa, just because I think it still has, you know, that could have implications on which of those teams has yeah. home court advantage in a three game series. So I, I think it's significant. It's a hit, it's a big shot for her to hit on the road. Difficult high degree of difficulty it was it was pretty incredible but there were a few ways to go on this one her reaction to that shot was my favorite <laughs> she shoots it gets it turns around and just stares off into the abyss <laughs> yeah, yeah that was, was that was a wild game um and a heart a heartbreaker for tulsa like in that that was part of their 10 game losing streak which is like yep. ridiculous uh i went with ali quigley a few weeks ago, um, versus the Mystics, I believe. Uh, it was part of a back-to-back versus the Mystics. It was actually, the Sky won both games on late late shots, but um, 
Quigley. Actually, I don't think it was technically a buzzer beater now that I think of it, but whatever. It, wa- like, it wasn't, but I wasn't going to call you out on it, so... I, I, I think there was get, actually like two seconds left. I confirm your suspicion. Um, but anyway, she... This was back, you know, Chicago has kind of established themselves as second in the East, but this was back when it was all still really jumbled up and like two, three, four were, were all right there within like half of a game of each other um, and like flip-flopping every other day. So this was a big two-game back-to-back, Chicago and Washington. First game, uh, Washington was up, was up two, or up one at least. They, Washington was leading. Quigley comes around the screen, flies up, ca- catch and shoot from the wing, and just buries it uh, to win it for Chicago. And then the next day, or the next two days later, Cappy Pondexter hit a winner um, against Washington again. But yeah, that Quigley one just... That catch and shoot. I know we hate to make comparisons, but that really reminded me of Ray Allen, like just coming. There's a, no, a no doubter, no Absolutely. doubter. Um, now, quickly, is one of those players for me who's like all season long been kind of one of those unsung heroes of that team. Yeah. Um, she hasn't started, um, but she's come off the bench and at night in and night out, she's been a force in that backcourt, and she's just reliable. Um, every single game, she's going to get you. Know double figure points, and she's gonna help run that offense and make it flow so that she can get Elena Delado on the looks looks that she needs. Yeah, she's she's been great lately. Um, it's yeah. like scoring wise, she's really picked it up. Um, Jack's Jack's big on the sun. He has been. It's that's or not the sun. I mean the sky. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jack's been, big on, Jack's been big on Chicago all year, so none of that surprises me. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably watch them the most, mostly because of Elena. But um, yeah, Quigley's been great. So has, so has uh, Courtney Vandersloot, which Howard, Howard Magnall just wrote a great, a great piece for our sister site Nylon Calculus. Got to plug that. Go check that out about Courtney Vandersloot. Um, who's been a great point guard for Chicago this year, leading the league in assists. Um, so, yeah, let's let's move on to best celebration. Um, in terms of best celebration, I, to be honest... Another... Sorry. No, it is, to be honest, I don't have a lot to facilitate there because I, <laughs> I will be completely uh, honest with you. I don't... That's not something that's registered with me when I've been watching the league this year. Like, I... Um, I haven't really, I, I, for me, I guess if I had to get, have one, Leilani Mitchell's had a couple for Phoenix where she's hit big shots. She's another another game winner that I think we'll put on that list. Um, but in terms of celebration, she's hit some big shots and then had some awesome celebrations on the end of those. Well, it's a good thing you're on the Friendly Bounce WNBA podcast because that's what, this is our uh, our niche Josh, there's too there's too many ways to go with this. I think, isn't there, Jack? I no. There's only one way oh, to go. Come on. <laughs> well, well uh, I think I think I agree, but there are more worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. saw you saw Candace Parker on the ground ground the other night, which you know that happened just the other night. Yeah. Um, Maya Moore's quiver and arrow is great. That Before, that's it. There's that's number one. Everything else is on the second tier. But I mean, like, 
before before Rashonda Gray got traded to Atlanta, she had a a celebration for each one of her teammates after they scored a bucket. <laughs> so it's like there are no lack of celebrations to go around. But I, Candace Parker's the other night was hilarious. Yeah, that I don't even really know how to describe it. Like she was bouncing on her back, kind of jubilation. I think <laughs> is the word. It, um, it was pretty sweet. And, but no, you you can go ahead and talk about the true the true winner of the, the best <laughs> celebration award because it's it's clear. Yeah, I mean, there is there's been all sorts of great ones. Uh, Elena had a great one after she had a a shot to send it into overtime in, in Phoenix earlier this year where she she just sort of started screaming and, like, jumped up and down just, like, raw motion, which was pretty awesome. But, yeah, it's it's my more the arrows. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, we have a Vine. We'll put it on the, in the post tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, when she's on the bench after threes, she turns to her teammates and pulls, pulls the arrow out of her out of her quiver, points it at her teammates and fires, and then her teammates like flop around like they just got shot. Uh, it's pretty cool. If we're, if we're talking bench celebrations, the New York Liberty have Brittany Boyd and Kia Stokes when she's on the bench, uh, but Candace Wiggins, they have yeah. some of the best celebrations that I've seen in terms of teams that have visited the Garden this year. Um, Brittany Boyd is at like standing on her feet before a shot even goes to <laughs> preparing to celebrate something. Um, I mean, this is kind of getting off on a tangent, but I feel like this, the WNBA as compared to the NBA is more of like a, like there's more like joy there. I don't know if that like makes sense that it's like, not that it's not serious and that they don't want to win because it, it, it of course is, but it's like a different environment in that, like everyone seems to be happy for each other. Like, I never really see like sulking on the bench or anything. It's like always everyone's always up cheering and excited for each other, which is like it makes it more like jovial atmosphere to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a fair assessment. I haven't really seen. I mean, I think that these teams just there's with a twelve team league in a thirty four game season. There's so much at stake. Yeah, night in, and I think it just creates for. Uh, a good locker room environment because they know um, they have to have it that way um, and they have to be positive because every every game means so much in this league. Yeah, and I, I don't want I don't want it to sound bad, but the WNBA doesn't it's not as rigorously covered as the NBA or, or male sports, and I don't think there's the uh, relentless pressure that goes along with those things um but that isn't to say every game isn't important and the outcome is the isn't the same but it's more uh you know it's it's a, everybody in the WNBA community cares about each other there's really no hostility between anyone it, it feels like yeah so I, I i don't have much more to add <laughs> all right let's uh let's go on to the the straight cash homie award for the best shooter. Um, yeah, this is just who we think is the best shooter, I guess. Not, I mean, Trisha Liston is leading the league at 43%, but I picked Leilani Mitchell. 
um, from Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Josh can sort of talk about the best shooters, but uh, Leilani Mitchell shooting 40%, but she's like taken way more attempts than a lot of people, so that's why I picked her. And she had uh, she's had a few like really big shots. Hit a game-winning three against the Sun a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that was my pick. Yeah, and she had another one against the Sparks um, from the corner. Uh, she is one of the top shooters in the league. You could definitely put her on there. You've always got to consider Raquana Williams with the shock. She has the the record for most points in a game uh, in the WNBA with 52 a couple years ago. Um, she is a, a threat to score from anywhere on the floor. Uh, you've got um, plenty of options. You've got plenty of options in Chicago uh, in terms of people who are a threat to score from anywhere on the floor. Um, I think I would put, um, I could put a lot of their starting five on that. Um, on that, uh, Ivory Lada for the Washington Mystics is an incredible shooter, as is Alex Bentley um, for the Connecticut Sun. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a lot of uh, dynamic scores across this league um, that uh, may not get the recognition as the top players in the league, but they're certainly impactful in a, in a lot of ways, but uh, have really made a name for themselves uh, as go-to scorers. Yeah, of course I went with somebody who neither of you have said <laughs> yet in uh, in Kayla McBride. I, I don't think that's going to be a surprise to Jack. I've been impressed yeah. with her shooting all year. She shoots... You know, she does, she's not shooting 40%. She's shooting 37, and she ranks among the top uh, yeah. 10, if not if not 15, yeah. in attempts. And she's still young, too. But yeah. she shot 4 of 10 from behind the line, in the, or three-point line in the All-Star game. And then I know when San Antonio came here, although San Antonio has really struggled on the road, they had a really impressive first half. And I think she went 4 of 5 from behind the three-point line to start the game. Yeah. They, they didn't hang on to win but it was still every time she puts it up I think it's going in yeah she's got one of the more impressive shooting strokes in the league and yeah. she really stormed on the scene last year um, I actually meant to mention her because she uh, really impressed and earned that uh, that all-star appearance uh, this season and like you said kind of showed out there um, she's one of the one of my favorite shooters to watch um, in the league and I think you can't go wrong with either of those choices yeah and then like, the whole Indiana Fever team, they have, like, I think they have yeah. three players in the top ten, or at least, like, top dozen or so. Um, and I think they lead the league in, in three-point percentage. They're a threat. Like, everyone can, can fire. Shanice Johnson, Maggie Lucas, Marissa Coleman. All of those are sharpshooters. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned Maya Moore yet, and I try not to talk about the Lynx because it makes it seem like I have an obvious bias, but there were two days in a row where after shoot-around before a game, um, they take half-court shots, <laughs> and you know maybe they bet lunch on it or whatever, but two days in a row, Maya's first attempt from half-court drained it. I mean, it was just... Yeah, and it she's... It's pretty incredible. She's pretty good on catch-and-shoots, too. It's Oh, yeah. And it's hard not to mention her. She's taken way more threes than just about everyone. I think Lada, Ivory Lada has 190, and Maya Moore has 189. And then, like, no one else, I don't think, well, probably Raquana, or Raquana Williams is at 162. So, like, for Maya to be shooting 37% on 190 attempts, like, is 
I feel like that's more impressive than shooting, uh, you know, like 38% on like 60 attempts or whatever, you know. And she, yeah. and she does it as the main focal point of the offense. Like, everyone's keyed say, up on her. I was, I was going to say, I want to go back to your point about the her quiver and arrow celebration. She tried to do it the other night against New York, but she, she doesn't come out of the game enough. And she, <laughs> hasn't had, she, she hasn't had enough uh, teammates to, to shoot threes until the recent emer- emergence of Renee Montgomery and, you know, Trista Liston, Trisha Linst- Liston hasn't been playing as much. So it's no, nobody on the bench knew what to do, and it was a botched quiver and arrow. It's, it's, because, it's because she's out there taking and making most of the shots. Yeah, she doesn't – well, didn't, didn't you say that – you were talking about it the other day, and uh, Cheryl Reeve was saying, like, she, does, she never – she's, like, refuses to come out of the game, right? Yeah, I, I asked. Well, I have to. Be, I asked in practice the next day. I asked both Maya and Reeve. I was like, I told. I asked Maya if she's ever told a coach no when a coach has instructed her to come out of the game. <laughs> she she denied it. She <laughs> said she said she sort of, you know, looked at coaches with surprised faces and <laughs> looked at the looked at the scoreboard and looked back at the coaches and then. <laughs> When I asked Reeve if she's ever taken in her in her career tried to take a player out who didn't come out, um, she said, "No, I'm the coach. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big girl. I know what I'm doing." And she, you know, she's very she's Coach Reeve. She made it very clear what her answer was. And then she she's never done it to me before. She's like, "Why? What's uh? Did something happen?" She she asked me why I asked the question. I'm like, "No, I was just curious." So I don't know if I don't know if I was quite being. Yeah, there's there might be something going on there. There might be more to that story. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, sorry, we got sorry we went off on that right. tangent there. So, a lot of choices for best shooter, obviously. Uh, let's move on to the best game. There's been, I mean, countless games that have been fantastic. Josh, you want to run us through some of the highlights of this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been. A lot. I mean, any of the games that have come down to the wire, I think, can go on that list. Um, and there's also been games that didn't come down to the wire that still had incredible atmospheres. Uh, the Liberty Sky game the other night comes to mind. It was just uh, a, definitely a playoff atmosphere, and it was uh, kind of a pivotal win for the Sky, just kind of proving that um, they can ramp up their defensive intensity when it matters most. Um, and the players even spoke after the game and acknowledged that it was very uh, defining for them in terms of as they prepare for the, the their playoff run and they're trying they're all about trying to take care of some unfinished business. You know they lost in the WNBA finals last year, um, so it was a, a big win for them there. Um, I think personally, um, there's plenty of games you can choose, um, but you can't look away from the Minnesota New York Liberty game the other night. Um, just because there's so, there was so much at stake there um, for both of those two teams, and uh, yes, they've already clinched the playoffs, but that was potential. That could potentially be a, a WNBA Finals preview. Um, so that was a, an interesting game for me. No, yeah, yeah I, go ahead, Zach. I, I can confirm that that was an interesting game. Although I wanted to go away from it, um, it, it was. It's, it's, it's frustrating to see the the links not just 
consistently go through stuff throughout the year. They only had three bench points the other night, and it's with Simone not being healthy. It's just they you don't get to see them at their best. It's it's frustrating. So I tried to move forward from that game. I'm gonna go with the Sparks win over the Mystics recently. I just thought it really said everything there needs to be said about Candace Parker and what she's done in the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, the, everybody else as well. That team, the the starting lineup there is they they burn the load every night. And their record may not show it, but I think they're the team nobody in the West wants to play when the playoffs start. Yeah, Candace Candace's return has really just kind of kind of made the Sparks that team that everybody's like, oh no, oh yeah. no, because they're going <laughs> to be three or four, and some team at the top of the Western Conference is going to get more than they thought they were getting about yeah. uh, halfway through this season. Yeah, they're probably going to end up playing the Lynx in the first round. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, it'll be... That's going to be an awesome series. Yeah, it's not... Uh, it's a toss-up, for sure. Um, I went with... I went with the Sky... Sky-Mercury game out in Phoenix uh, from a couple months ago at the end of July. Um... Elena Deladon had 32, Dewana Bonner had 34. Uh, it was just a really fun game, lots of big shots. Elena hit an and one um, to give this guy a two-point lead with like four seconds left. Uh, Dewana Bonner yeah. went down, got fouled, hit two free throws to tie it with one second left, and then um, she hit like she hit two straight threes in overtime, uh, one to give them... To get both to give them both to give the Mercury back the lead uh, in like the final few minutes, one of them from like 29 feet, which was just ridiculous, um, and that was just a thrilling game. Two of the best teams, great players, Elena, uh, Dewana, Brittany Griner. Um, I don't think you can top that overtime matchup. That was for me the most fun I had watching a game this year. Yeah. There's plenty of uh, cool moments, not necessarily games themselves, but one comes to mind for me. Uh, early in the season, the Sparks were struggling. I think I think they hadn't even won a game yet, and they get Christy Tolliver back, and she'd been playing overseas, I believe, for Serbia. Um, she comes back and drops 30 in her first game as a player under Brian Agler. Didn't know a single bit of the playbook. Comes back and uh, it was it was really incredible. They lost the game, but she she was phenomenal for them, and she's continued to be a, a vital part of that offense this year. Yeah, she's shooting almost forty percent from three, if not forty percent. Um, Zach, do you have any? Zach, do you have anything to add? Otherwise, we'll move on to our final award. No, I I guess if we're going to impactful games, I'm not going to mention the time when the or I'm not not going to mention the time when the Sparks. It was Candace's. Candace Parker's first home game back, and they beat the Lynx by 20. Yeah. On ESPN two, it was. I mean, that was. That's what. That's what makes the Lynx scared. I'm sure about Los Angeles is a game like that. So yeah, I mean, Elena Deladon has got. She's been in the headlines for having one of the best basketball seasons in history. But since Candace Parker came back, she's averaging numbers that we have only seen maybe once in the history of the WNBA. Just yeah. in terms of the amount of assists that she's racking up. To go along with her points and her rebounds, and how effective and efficient she's been while doing that, um, increasingly more efficient. Uh, she's been 
Uh, she struggled with that early, but uh, yeah, she's been phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, that's really yeah. all I had to add. Parker, Parker's averaging 19 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. And I believe her rebounds and assists would would be top of the league if not like one or two in scoring would be like third or fourth. But she doesn't qualify because she hasn't played enough games. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's ridiculous. Like really the only thing she can't do is shoot threes. Like yeah. she's she's been I mean, really even still she does she just doesn't make them with a ton of regularity. Yeah. Like, as I say that she hit five in her last game, but over the course of the season, she has not shot the ball well at all from three. Um, but yes, Candace is Candace has been ridiculous. Zach is giving me grief about flip flopping on her MVP potential. But, so, so you you must be on the uh, in in favor of her getting the award this week, huh? I'm back in. <laughs> It, I mean, I you can't disagree. She leads the league in rebound and assist percentage, among other yeah. metrics that don't don't take into consideration how many games she's played. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going. To, numbers don't lie, man. I don't care. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move on before that segues into a a, a debate. Let's let's end it with best <laughs> best play of the season. Um. Obviously, if we've talked about a ton of buzzer beaters, but that's not the only play that happens, of course. Um, lots of great moments. Is that, uh, Josh, you want to sort of give us some yeah, highlights? I'll briefly touch on it. There's a, uh, a Lindsey Whalen outlet pass to Maya Moore um, from a couple weeks ago that I, I think I put it on Twitter. Um, was I was watching the game, and then I stood up out of my seat. It was that incredible. <laughs> Um, there's been Shoni Schimmel, second half of the season. Obviously, she's a highlight um, machine. She had a game where she had three buzzer beater, three pointers. And I say buzzer beater because whatever clock she was going up against was winding down. I think twice it was shot clock, once it was the end of the first quarter. Um, but And they were so effortless, she just kind of lofted them in the air and nailed them. And uh, there's been the Duana Bonner. Um, game winners, the two two or three Angel McCautry game winners have been the Brittany Griner dunks. Um, one of them happened in traffic. Um, yeah. I believe against the Mystics. Um, that was really impressive. Um, yeah, there's been plenty of good ga- uh, good plays to go around. Um, kind of kind of feel bad only pointing out a few because there's just been so much good action this year. No, no doubt. Um, I went... You talked about Shoney um, from that game. That's what I went with the play of the year. I know we posted it on Friendly Bounce earlier. Um, she she took it up up the court in in traffic with a bunch of defenders around her. Uh, hits this turnaround three in the corner and starts running down the court while the ball is like still at its apex. And then sort of just looks back as it sinks through the net like, yep, I knew that that was happening all along. It was just like not not an open shot, like not a good shot whatsoever, but it's just like she's one of those players where you're just like, Yeah, that's probably going in and then it does. Yeah, or you're the coach on the sideline pulling your hair out <laughs> and it drops through. 
Plus, she tops it off. She's got that, you know. I can, this this is a, the Derek Fisher loft on the shot. Which goes, <laughs> you know, it's it's a ridiculous amount of air under it by the time it gets to the hoop and drops straight through. But I think Josh alluded to the play I'm picking was the you know, Waylon threw a, a pass in transition. It was wide open. I mean, Maya Moore had snuck behind the defense by then, but Waylon threw a pass that was a little bit behind Maya, and Maya had to go back and get it, but she just caught it, maintained body control in midair, and rearranged herself and, and didn't you know, plant her feet on the ground. It was all in one fluid motion. It made the entire crowd go crazy. I know at that time they were on a, a run mm-hmm. during the third quarter to to surpass whoever they were playing at the time, but it was you know a big momentum shift in the game, and because I was sitting there, it's hard not for me to choose that. Choose that. Yeah, that that yeah, was pretty sweet. Planning play. Um, not a real alley-oop, as someone in the friendly bounce comments. Let oh, us know. Oh wow! <laughs> friendly uh, alley-oop only counts on dunking. If you didn't know, that's the only time it can be an alley-oop. We should do like a. <laughs> we should do a sarcastic read of. <laughs> comments like that for a podcast it's alleviate some stress it's ridiculous Jewel Lloyd Jewel Lloyd was famous for that at Notre Dame they called it the Jewel the Julie Youth I believe is what they called it like she uh, became famous for those types of plays yeah and it's like <laughs> I mean it's not it's not any less athletic or oppressive no like <laughs> like when uh when LeBron threw out like full court, full court pass to Wade a few years ago, and he laid it in, like that's an alley oop. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, but people for some reason feel the need to put down the WNBA. But whatever. You guys have any other final thoughts? Otherwise, we'll we'll call it a show. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, I'm glad we should have Josh around more. He's good at uh, giving inf- information. I think that's useful. The good WNBA Thank- knowledge man, Josh. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Well, that's that's our show. Friendly Bounce's WNBA podcast, episode six in the books. Our Friendly Bounce season awards, the first ever edition. We'll be back next year with some more awards um, coming up. Either later this week or next week, we'll start doing playoff previews. Uh, The regular season ends on Sunday. Um, But that's our show. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody. In the name of the Earth. Greetings, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.